0: You're listening to Episode 2 of the Floxy Hope Podcast.
1: Thank you for listening to the Floxy Hope Podcast. My name is Lisa Bloomquist, and I am your host. Our guest today is Nick Luciano. He's going to share his story of pain caused by Cipro and his healing journey. Thanks so much for joining us, Nick.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Um, first question I want to ask is just what was your life like before you took Cipro? Um, If you could just describe a little bit about your physical fitness, mental fitness, who you are, uh, just what your life was like before you took Cipro. That'd be great.
0: Sure. Uh, Well, uh, I've been in law enforcement for the past 10 years. I was always active. I weight lifted. Um, I pretty much was out and about with the kids all the time. You know, whatever the kids were doing, I was doing. Um, so I've never, I've always been involved in keeping busy physically. Um, and uh, you know, I needed, I needed my body for uh, my job. Right. So
1: Right, and so like no, no prior physical ailments, no previous conditions.
0: No. No, I, I was always, uh, I would say, you know, healthy as a horse, you know, I never really had any problems other than a few broke, broken bones when I was a kid, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Me, me too. Just, just healthy Mm -hmm. as could be before I got an infection. So, Mm -hmm. so what led you to, to take the Cipro?
0: Well, back in February, um, I was starting to, uh, I was starting to go have like frequent urination, so I st- I just said, you know what, let me just go to the, my doctor and uh, have him check it out. Um, now that I look back on it, you know, drinking three four cups of coffee a day was probably what the culprit. Um, so I went to my uh, I went to my my uh, general doctor. And he was taking too long, so I left. And I went later that day to the emergency local emergency room, and uh, you know, told them my symptoms, and uh, they did did all the tests that they uh, I think they did urine culture, took my symptoms uh, wrote down, and just gave me prescription for cipro, zithromycin. And uh, peridium, I believe, is, was the name, and um, that's how it started.
1: So, they didn't even really culture your urine before giving you zipras, you,
0: you know? They did, they okay. did culture, but they didn't get the results back for like four or five days. Oh, got it. So, they just started me right away as if I had gonorrhea, right. you know? Um, that was like the treatment from when I looked at, you know, and I looked it up in the, uh, in the, uh, like you know, the me- yeah, the handbook,
1: handbook like Googling it. Yeah. 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 Um, got it. Like when you, when they did finish the results from the, mm-hmm. from the urine test, did like, was there any bacteria in there? Or
0: no.
1: like Yeah. So no,
0: what happened was actually I stopped the medication myself. Um, I stopped the medication myself a a day and a half after taking it because shit just started going downhill within a day within four pills.
1: Tell tell me more about that. Like uh, what what went what went downhill. Um, what what happened?
0: All right. Well, um, I the first night I came home, I actually took my first dose of Cipro in the ER and I should have known something was definitely wrong Um, I I came home that night and I went to bed and it was like something was wrong with my body I was shaking I was having like spasms it was like the worst night's sleep ever and um, I didn't really piece anything together I just figured you know, medicine okay, you know, I'll just roll with it and um, and then the next day I I didn't, I didn't realize that they gave me the first dose of Cipro in the ER but the next day I, th- I got the prescription filled and I should have I looked into it further uh, but I actually called them because I thought they made a mistake and I thought that they I thought that I was supposed to have it once a day instead they wrote twice a day and um, I, went, I actually got in touch with the ER, and they told me, no, no, take it twice a day. So that's when I took my first full day of two doses. And um, that day, I, I remember after my first dose, I started feeling like like uh, tired and um, dizzy and um, just the light seemed to bother my eyes and i was like I, it's, it's so funny you don't really piece it together you just think medi- it's medicine you know it's not poison right but at that point i was already poisoning myself so
1: right and and how did your how did your symptoms continue on after that
0: well the the next morning, I, I, I took my third dose, and I went to bed. The next morning, I felt like crap. I don't remember, at this point, I don't remember exactly how I felt, but I remember I feeling like crap, and I said to myself, you know what, you just got to get on with your day like normal and uh, just start your normal routine. And that was always like have a morning workout and just get going. So I tried working out in the morning. And for some reason, everything felt super heavy. And I remember during my workout, I hurt my shoulder. Like my shoulder went like, like uh, I don't know how to describe it. It went like loose. I kind of like had a muscle pull. Like a, basically a pulled muscle from, from, from lightweight. Yeah. Which from warming up with my normal weight. And uh, I went to work, and the sun was bothering me. The sun felt super bright to my eyes, and I felt like sleeping, just ill. And I knew like, oh, hold on just a second.
1: No worries.
0: Hold on just a second. Can you hear me now?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm still here. Okay.
0: Yeah, um, so I, I remember feeling super ill. Um, I, let, I had to go home I went back to the ER that night and I told them I said something's wrong I looked up the symptoms I said this is going all wrong I hurt my shoulder and they were. They looked at me and actually one of the uh, physician's assistants looked at me and said I don't know why you're on this uh, I remember that he was like I don't know why you're on this you don't have gonorrhea and I was like great but, but by that time by the evening my Achilles tendons started to get sore, and both my shoulders were like aching, like I was an old man, like I had arthritis in my shoulders or something was wrong. Um, then uh, I went back to work, and uh, things were happening. I, that's all. I, that's all I really know. What was happening? How to describe it is that things were happening and my body was like somehow starting to disintegrate. That's the best way I could put it. Um, I remember I I coughed. I coughed and I threw out my back. And I just bizarre things that normal people don't do. And I was never, you know, weak or, um, you know, out of shape that way. I coughed in my back threw out. I couldn't stand up. It was like bizarre.
1: Right. And and how old were you?
0: Thirty-six. Yeah. hmm so,
1: so it's not like you were seventy-eight. No. You know, huh. like you shouldn't just be falling apart for no reason all of a sudden.
0: Literally, literally falling apart. It was. It was scary. Scary stuff.
1: Right. Yeah, it's it's terrifying. All the all of a sudden, your body just doesn't doesn't work anymore. Right. Yeah. So so uh, tell tell me more. How did how did this progress?
0: Well, I at the ten day mark, ten days after um, I stopped taking the Cipro, I, I was like slowly starting to go downhill, and I remember thinking to myself, "All right, ten days. Let's just." You know, shake it off. Let's shake this off and get on with everything. And I tried to work out for the first time. I took ten days off from the gym, and I tried to work out. And I remember doing like lat pull downs with a very light weight. I think it was forty pounds, just warming up, and my right bicep like felt like it came off. It just searing pain, and I said to myself. I tore my bicep with 40 pounds and I you know I, I was used to using like over 200 pounds so that's when I realized I'm in deep and then it wasn't too long after that that the back pain got worse and worse and worse the Neurologic stuff i started I started the uh, right around the ten day mark ten eleven days I started with the um, the neuropathy the the burning like burning hot and cold fingers and feet and like I had the burning like uh, kind of like if kind I kind of describe it like when you put like icy hot on your body on a muscle. And I had, like, icy hot, like, up from my fingers to, like, my shoulder combined, like, icy hot combined with, like, the feeling of your arm or foot falling asleep. That's kind of what I had, like a burning. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: No, it, it, it does. It does. Yeah. That, so, it sounds like peripheral neuropathy.
0: Yeah. It hit my, it hit my feet and it hit my arms. And the, my hands went cold. My feet, my feet went cold. I had the, the, my muscles started twitching all over the place. My knees, my calves, my, my shoulders, my back, my chest. Then I, I, I started having, um, I know I'm just going to say everything. Uh, I started having cardiac, weird cardiac uh, things going on, like a uh, regular heartbeat type things, um, my Achilles tendons felt, like, tight, like they were going to break. That's the only way I could describe them. And then right around, right around two weeks after is when my Achilles got so bad and my back got so bad that I actually couldn't walk. Like, I was in bed for maybe two or uh, maybe two weeks or something like that just going to the bathroom and then like crawling back to bed kind of
1: so you had to take disability from work
0: yeah I was basically out sick yeah yeah
1: yeah for how long
0: I was out a total of uh, almost three months
1: and that's that's serious that's severe
0: yeah oh yeah It, it was horrible
1: yeah that's that's a major disruption to your to your life, and you must have been terrified too
0: yeah the you know the fear and the anxiety, not even the anxiety that's actually caused by the uh you know the brain disruption, the good chemicals in your brain, but just the the worry that you're dying, you know. Yeah. Was was horrible. Yeah. You know. And then and then when you go to when you speak to the doctors, they look at you like, "Oh, this you are you're either crazy or or, you know, it couldn't happen. It's just not going to happen. It's too mm-hmm. rare."
1: Right. You know. Did you find any doctors that were concerned that you went from being a 36-year-old law enforcement officer who worked out daily to being bedbound. I mean, like, it's you know, concerning.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, to be honest with you, when I talked to the orthopedic surgeons, they were in the same kind of, like, hospital group. I almost felt, you know, maybe it's my own, my own bias, but I almost felt, felt like they were covering each other a little bit. Like, when I would mention, oh, I think the CIPA was causing my orthopedic problems, I knew that, I, I knew that they didn't have a cure I know, you know, from my own, you know, prolific like research. I mean, I was all over the internet just trying to find out what's going on. But uh, I kind of felt like they didn't—they wouldn't believe me, and they didn't. And they were kind of like trying to cover each other, like, "Oh no, I think you." Actually, one orthopedic doctor said, "Oh, you know, you've been active your whole life. You know, this is just, uh, you know, you're getting older. You're getting older." And I was like, "No." F way, dude. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, this is bull.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, like, like you, you don't suddenly get old. No. In in three months, or, or it wasn't like in three months that you that you suddenly got old. It was like over three weeks.
0: Yeah, it was it was rapid.
1: Right, right. So, um, are there any other symptoms that you that you want to bring up and? You know, um, I, I think that this podcast is... I, I'm hoping that it's kind of a warning and that it that it yeah. puts some pieces together for some people. So um, anything yeah. else you want to mention as far as, like, the decline goes before the, we start getting into your recovery?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, well, the insomnia was, was awful. I mean, I would wake up literally after two or three hours of sleeping and be up and then go back to bed, you know, for, like, another two or three hours, like, but at, like, eight o'clock in the morning. Like, you know, it was just awful. Um, And then, you know, the, uh, I I don't know if you'd say, like, mental, but just the fear. The fear was so, so bad. I've never experienced that. You know, like, the poisoning, the poisoning of your body, where you can't, like, stop it. You know, like, no you know, no drink or no chemical or anything like that was stopping it, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do. And the fear is one of those things that's... It's really difficult to tell what is a symptom of the fluoroquinolone toxicity because I really, truly do think that excessive fear and just... Anxiety and and things going really wrong in your brain mm-hmm. is a symptom of fluoroquinolone toxicity, but it's also perfectly natural and reasonable to be terrified when your body is falling apart. So it's it, I yeah. think it's really impossible to like sort out how much of it is a symptom and how much of it is is a natural reaction to what's going on. But but either yeah. way, yeah, it's it's terrifying.
0: I mean, during this time, I mean, I would wake up and I would, the only the only real thing that they had out there that is out there was I would look at Floxy Hope and I would read and read and read them over and over and over again and I would, you know, be on the comments and, and listen to the comments and type the comments and try to be... Because other people were going through this and uh, it was just... You know, you, you said to yourself, how do you... You know, how do you... Uh, how do you just read the same thing over and over and over again? But I was reading the recovery stories over and over. I probably read them 200 times, three times, four times a day, you know, just because I needed to, because I needed to hear that it's going to end at some point, you know? And I, and I talked to you, uh, before, and I actually communicated with, you know, uh, one or two of the people that recovered, And they, you know, wrote me private emails and told me about it and gave me that, like, hope to, you know, keep on going. Because I honestly, I I honestly, when your body's disintegrating, I thought I was going to die. I I thought to myself, oh, shit, you know, you fucking killed yourself. (laughs) Like you took some pills and you're going to kill yourself. Like you, you, you actually took, you know, like not not that you killed yourself, but like you're dying. Yeah. And and you didn't need to.
1: Right. Yeah. Like my, when I first realized what was going on and that it wasn't temporary, I uh, I thought I had accidentally killed myself. I, mm-hmm. I, I really did. Mm-hmm. And and I was just like, oh, oh my god, <laughs> like I. Right. I I'm I'm a dead woman walking, right? And and that that was really the thought that went through my head. Mm-hmm. And it's uh it's not a good thought, and it's not mm-hmm. it's not a good place to be, and no. it just absolutely warms my heart and gets me a little bit teary that Foxy Hope helped you so much, and it. It did. It's why it's there, you know.
0: Yeah, it, people need to hear. People need to hear that, you know, people aren't going to like me. I mean, people aren't going to like that I say this, but you can get better. You know, not everyone is permanently. You know, I honestly believe you can have, some people can have some permanent type problems. And they do. And they do. Yeah. But some people, if they're lucky enough, maybe young enough, you know, for to have cellular regeneration and recuperation and everything, but if they're lucky enough, they can put it behind them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I try to make it clear that I mean no disrespect to the people who don't recover by yeah. telling the recovery stories, and I think that that's I think that that's pretty clear. I think that people realize that um, that everyone needs hope, even the mm-hmm. people even the people who. Aren't going to recover.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that they even need some hope to just keep on going. Right. And and it's healing. We we all just have to have hope when when your body's falling apart, when your mind is falling apart, when you're scared. it's. I think that that is the number one the number one thing for healing and i and I wish that I had some sort of like magic pill that I could recommend to people you know and like right. hey, if you just take like combination of magnesium and vitamin E and coenzyme q10 you'll be right. you'll 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 be fine but like i don't I don't have that information yet i don't sure. I don't know of any sort of magic pill and I think that really the most important thing for people to have is just hope
0: mm-hmm.
1: and to and to just Believe that you will get better, and it's not all in your head. But the mind is a powerful thing, right. and and if and if you could convince yourself to just keep on going and to keep on putting one foot in front of the other, you know, sometimes figuratively because you literally can't get out of bed, but right. but it's it it really does it really does help. So, sure. So like with that, um, do you mind telling <clears throat> a little bit about your healing journey? Like how did you?
0: Yeah.
1: You you have a story up on Floxy Hope and um, tell a little bit more about sure. how you how you got better.
0: I'm probably going to leave out a lot of you know a lot of stuff not intentionally, but um, what I started to do I started to go to physical therapy. Let me back up. Let me back up for a minute. After I took the Cipro, I remember immediately. Reading and, and I and I grabbed certain things like vitamin E and magnesium and, and, and vitamin D and I started you know taking a lot of nutritional supplements that I never did and I started taking that. Um, then I went out of work and I started going physical therapy and um, physical therapy helped. It helped. I'm not going to lie. It did help. I don't know how much it, you know, it's hard to say how much it helped because things kept on going downhill, but it kind of like got me moving again. And I would wake up, I would wake up, you know, in the morning with the kids and I started having my routine where, you know, I would put on some, like, morning music and I would start doing my rehab. You know, like, my back stretches, my, you know, muscle stretches. It was basically, it was basically like, you know, like I was, uh, you know, like paralyzed. It was like, I just had this focus to try to get better where I had to do these exercises. And and I'd actually hurt at one point because I was overdoing it in the beginning, you know, like a month out, I was in my backyard trying to do the same type of workouts that I normally would do. And I, you know, wound up hurting myself a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I would get these weird bruises, uh, you know, weird, weird bruising. I remember getting like, you know, um, red marks just weird red marks would pop up on my body my joints into my muscles I think I posted one or two photos of like just bruising on my bicep and my calves um but I started you know I started um I started like exercising more eating I started eating more I increased my calories um I still was doing you know reading a lot of um, the internet stuff Foxy Hope uh, I, I joined the Facebook forums which was good and bad and, and um, because I say bad because you see some of the, the, the horrors from other people and if you're not ready for that It'll scare you, you know. It could hurt you even worse. Could make you more afraid. Um, Which, when you're in like a fragile uh, state of mind, you you know, it's probably not the best thing. Um, So I I started doing exercise again. I I, you know tried to get back into a positive mind frame, and then I force. I literally forced myself to start moving again and like you know if if one movement hurt I try to find another way that it didn't and then just keep on doing it keep on doing it and um, that was I think important along with uh, the communication I got from one I got a I'll be honest I got a communication from one of the uh Foxy Hope um, recovery stories. And I, I talked to him on email and he sent me a few emails and the stuff that he told me helped me mentally. Good. Yeah.
1: Good. Um, what, what else, what else did you do? I know that you mentioned like a glutathione injections in your, mm-hmm. in your story and, and do you want to say what, what um, supplements you think? Sure. You?
0: Sure, sure. Uh, I took, well, first I, I think magnesium did help me. Uh, I still take magnesium. I take uh, a magnesium oil. I take that in the morning and in the evening before bed.
1: Do you just Uh, rub that on your tendons or like, how do you, how do you take it?
0: I just, I spray it on my chest. I do, you know, I spray it on my chest, spray it on my, my stomach, spray it on my arms and just, just rubbing it and It'll, it leaves like a little bit of a film, like kind of like a sandy, dusty, but a, a film. But after about 20 minutes, it's already it's kind of absorbed, and I just wipe wipe that off with a wet towel. Sure. Um, then I do I do vitamin E, vitamin C, vitamin D, coenzyme Q10, alpha lipoic acid, acetyl L carnitine. Uh, I take L-arginine. Believe I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. I take uh, glucosamine and chondroitin. I take hyaluronic acid. Um, I take zinc. And uh, and I increased I increased my calories, you know, from good foods. You know, like try to get my antioxidants. Oh, I take B complex too. I almost forgot about my B complex. Um, then then my wife, you know, was going through this with me, and she helped me, and we looked into what some people were taking was the IV glutathione, and that was, I took, I went to, uh, to the doctor that did the IV therapy. I told her everything, and she, she knew. She knew. She goes, oh, that sounds like ciprotoxicity. She did yeah. She says, "Oh, she's treated it before, and you know, someone had. She said someone had to go to her like eight times or or nine times, and um, I. She hooked me up. I got the glutathione, and I remember driving back from her office, and by the time I got like almost home, it was like a kind of like a." A film had been taken off of my eyes and I started to like see things a little clearer and have more mental acuity again because I had like basically become like you know brain damaged somehow it felt like I couldn't concentrate on anything I couldn't um think clearly
1: yeah the brain fog
0: yeah the brain fog right
1: yeah yeah like the loss of memory loss of concentration loss of reading comprehension like really bizarre bizarre things but yeah right yeah Yeah. Yeah. so so that was helped a lot by the the glutathione huh
0: yeah i took it i went once by the time i got home I, i i knew something was working i was like this is the ticket like it's helping me um It didn't, it didn't, as far as I know, it didn't really help my body, like my tendons and and muscles, but my mind, it did. It, you know, and it may have helped my my body too, Um, but I knew right away, like, I was thinking clearer, and and I, I, I started to get, like... (laughs) <laughs> this is this sounds weird, but I, I wasn't able to be happy when I was poisoned. It was like I lost my ability to, to enjoy life. I couldn't laugh. Everything was horrible. It felt like I was in like the worst depression, and I never had any of this. Never. This was all foreign to me. It was like you were in the worst depression and everything's horrible. And then after the glutathione, it was like, oh, I could put my – I remember thinking to myself, you know what? I want to hear – songs on my car radio now. And I turned on the radio and I was like, you know, digging some like music that I hadn't wanted to hear in months. I don't that's I know that sounds kind of funny, but
1: No, like I mean I, I understand. I don't know if people, if people listening will understand, but the, right. way, the way that I described it is I felt like I lost my give a damn. Like, yeah. like just my ability to care about anything went away and just like what a bizarre thing to lose like how in the world do you even describe that like i've lost my ability to care right like what like that's just such like a foreign thing like how in the world could anyone possibly understand that like i didn't even understand it
0: it's yeah i think what you know when people it almost takes people to become foxed for them to know right you can't describe it right Adequately, I don't think.
1: right. it's it's really it's really difficult for people to understand. And you know i'm hoping I'm hoping that this podcast will help that. I'm hoping that um, the blog will help it. And just kind of the more we keep on talking about it, I think that that it just takes some time. For it to register yeah. in people's minds that this sure. that this could happen and that it's real and that the symptoms are real and that uh, and that this could happen to them too, and and they just need to hear it multiple times and maybe from multiple sources before before they understand it because it's just it just doesn't it just doesn't make any sense that like an it, it, antibiotic could do this you know and like they don't understand that it's a chemo drug that's masquerading as an antibiotic it's not sure. it's not amoxicillin.
0: Right, you basically did a you did a round of chemo and when I talked I got, you know, I talked to a lot of my friends and I'm like, you know, dude, don't take this drug, this is this and they're like, Oh yeah, I took that. I took, you know, and I'm like, All right, well did anything happen? And they're like, Well, to be honest with you, yeah, my shoulders uh oh can I curse in here? Is this acceptable? <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm, I'm going to end up bleeping him out. I think, okay. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm but sorry. try not to. It's all good. <laughs> you got.
0: Um, yeah, I messed my shoulder up, and I'm like, dude, it's you know, it's the it's the fluorquinolone you took, and they're like, maybe, you know, and I, and I had one friend that he told me, I told him all about it, and he took uh, he took uh, for Like an extended period of time because his doctor thought he had pneumonia. He didn't have pneumonia. Well, he got skin cancer like six months after he took Leviquin. And he said, and he told me, you know, he said, You know, I always felt like something was like the medic, like, like that medicine really contributed to this skin cancer. I don't know why, but I. I felt that way, and I said, "Well, did you have anything else?" He's like, "Yeah, I couldn't get out of bed for a week," and I was like, "Ah, oh. yeah, you know, you know." But I, I don't. I think if some people don't get that real, that real central nervous system smash, where they're like, "Oh my god," yeah. then they kind of keep on taking it for a week or two.
1: Right, right. Or, or there are people who the the delayed reactions really make it tricky. You know, when people get horrible insomnia. Two uh-huh. weeks after they finish taking Leviquin or Cipro or Avalox uh-huh. and they don't make the connection between the fluoroquin alone and the just debilitating insomnia. And then uh-huh. and then they get on Ambien or or whatever or a benzo or whatever. And then they then they get addicted to those and then those do then those do damage to them and they just end up kind of
0: Damaged the by, the
1: med- by, by the medical system, just like sure. iatrogenic damage on top of iatrogenic damage, and sure. and it's it's horrible. And people just don't don't make the connections. I think you almost have to have that really acute, horrible reaction in order to see that um, people who are suffering from anxiety after this mm-hmm. are floxed but maybe more mildly than you than your eye was, or people mm-hmm. who get who get um, really bad insomnia, or people who start tearing tendons for like absolutely no reason, or people who have some weird gastrointestinal issues where like all of a sudden they can't digest food anymore, or or all of these different things. Like there was right. even there was even an article linking diabetes to mm-hmm. fluoroquinolones. I don't know if you read that post of mine, but I never would have really. Thought about diabetes, except then I was like, "Oh yeah, my my blood sugar was all over the place. I could just yeah. feel it. Right. Like my blood sugar was just up and down for like years. Yeah. It was just all over the place. And yeah. and luckily, like that's that's really evened out. And you know, I'm I, I knock on wood, I think I'm a hundred percent. Right. And uh, and. You know, if, if we could just get back to a little bit more about your recovery story. Like, are you, are you feeling 100% now? Are you 90%? How, how is your life now?
0: Well, I started, you know, I've been increasing my workouts. So I, I've been working out, working out. And 100%, I, it's hard to say. I don't, I'm going to say no, not 100%. Um, because I still feel some things. I still feel some, I still have some problems in my joints and some of my tendons. Um, not like before, nowhere near like before. Um, but life is good now. You know, I go, I do whatever I want back to work. You know, uh, I'm lifting heavy, but I lift more carefully now I you know I wrap up I use a lot of supportive um, equipment Um, I warm up like crazy I do lots of uh, rehab every day I do something you know I my nutrition I'm always taking making sure my supplements are in in check Um, I try to sleep better I try to you know my, my stress and anxiety levels I try to keep them in check so that it doesn't Recall my sleep, and you know, Floxies about cycling. A lot of people say they cycle. I, you know, I'm going through a cycle, or you know, uh, I'm I've been cycling lately, and that's real. I I, I get that because I it happens to me. You'll, my tendons or my my nerves and my legs will start twitching. I'll get like achy in, in, in my elbows or my knees, and I know, uh, you know, it's a flare up of, of my, basically my neurological system. I'm hoping, and then it'll go away, hopefully.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, um, I, I, uh, you know, I was able to go on vacation this summer. This summer, I was able to take a vacation.
1: That's
0: great. Um, and get away. No internet, <laughs> no internet, no Facebook, no dwelling, and just kind of like be you know, and um that helped a lot, just kind of like getting away from yourself, you know
1: for sure. For sure, yeah, like I, I find it therapeutic just to just to get away from everything, and and I think even people who haven't been floxed, you know, it's just nice to get away every once in a while, but especially after you've been floxed, you know, ability to handle stress diminishes mm-hmm. significantly. So, right. so going on so going on a vacation is definitely needed and and nice.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, do you have any kind of words of advice for people listening?
0: yeah I mean I know someone's gonna you know someone's definitely gonna uh, listen to this and freak out because they're scared and it depends on the severity you know someone might have mild symptoms but for someone that's really severe or have that you know I guess they say the acute acutely floxed you know the different types of uh the spectrum, right? They, they talk about the spectrum of, of fluoroquinolone toxicity. To just not, don't give up. Um, things may change, like, and you're gonna, you're gonna, you'll feel the change in yourself. But it can get so much better, you know. Don't think about like killing yourself or nothing crazy like that. Or um, honestly. Stay away from. I person. This is my personal belief. Stay away from the doctors and the medical establishment. Right at this point, because they're going to want to give you more medication, and they have no clue what they're doing with regards to treating quinolone toxicity. Maybe a select few do. You know, to, with helping helping it along your body with some symptoms, but. They, they don't know and it's going to be more hard if they start getting onto some you know anxiety meds or you know something like that um because it's easy it's easy to to get wrapped up in you know that hamster wheel of medicine I mean that's what kind of that's what kind of got us in the first place I think
1: yeah yeah ab- absolutely uh, absolutely, and um, yeah, I uh, I personally stayed away from doctors as well. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I'm not putting that out there as advice necessarily, but I recovered, uh-huh. and um, I I think of a lot of really awful awful what could have been. Mm-hmm. If I if I had gone down the medical path and and, sure. and and you know what like that's that's not what happened and to tell you the truth the doctors that I saw treated me as benignly as possible they just said I don't know what's wrong with you which mm-hmm. is which is great I I actually really respect when doctors are, are able to say I don't know what's wrong with you right. and just kind of you know I hope you get better but it really would have been nice if they had known right. if they had recognized fluoroquinolone toxicity and. I mean, at least given me some sort of, some sort of guidance, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I mean, I understand that sometimes, that sometimes they can't fix the messes that they make, but, uh, but just a little bit of guidance, just like, Hey, load up on some magnesium, (laughs) you know, like even, even that would have been more, more helpful than I don't know what's wrong with you, but it, but it could have been worse. There are some people who, who suffer from abuse because, mm-hmm. because of what they're, what they're going through. And I was not one of those people, but, um, with, with that said, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I stayed away from doctors. That was my personal philosophy and that worked for me Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: at the risk of getting ourselves in trouble, you know, <laughs> right. you know? like don't interpret this as advice folks, but, but, it, but at the same time, um, I, you're, I, think that you're absolutely right and that they don't know what they're doing when trying well, to treat fluoroquinolone toxicity. They just have no idea
0: what to well, do. You know, well, you know, part of this um, learning, right? Like we learn like about fluoroquinolones, it leads you, it led me into other learning about other things like, all right, well, if fluoroquinolones do this, what else have I been doing or what else have I been taking that I really don't know anything about and then you get into other you know you know nutrition and and then there's other things whether people want to believe it or not you know vaccines and just the pharmacological you know poisoning that some people experience um and they never put together oh you know well maybe the things i've been eating have been deteriorating my health for the last 10 20 30 years you know, so this was kind of like an education where I learned so much about health that and, and the you know the frailty of it, that I kind of incorporate that into my own family, where you know I look at what are we eating? what are we doing? you know, what am I exposing myself to? What am I exposing my children to? because the the things that we take for granted, oh, you know, this pharmaceutical com- company told me it's safe. Well, they're
1: not. Yeah. And, and you realize that the FDA isn't protecting you. You know, like fluoroquinolones have an excellent record of safety and efficacy, according to the FDA.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: they just about killed both of us. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it, it calls into question it calls into question a lot of things, um, but uh, kind of we'll we'll leave we'll leave that rabbit hole for another time. Sure. I think uh, yeah. I, I think it's it's time for us to sign off now. So, do you have any sort of parting sure. words of wisdom that you want to throw out there to the audience?
0: Uh, just enjoy your life and know it's gonna just know. It can get better. It can get better. You're gonna be okay because uh, just take it from take it, take my word for it. You're gonna. It might not seem like it right now if you're if you're flox, but it can get better. Just have faith. Have hope. Have floxy hope.
1: there you go well thank you so much nick i really appreciate you coming on to the floxy hope podcast and for telling your story and for sharing your story both on on the blog and on this podcast just thank you and um thanks everyone for listening and uh like nick said he said it best he said it better than i'm about to but have hope and keep on going